welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast, where we talk all things spearfishing. If you want to improve your spearfishing and hear some wild stories, you've come to the right place. Hi, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Better Spearfishing Podcast. Glad to have you all here with me. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. I am talking to Blandon Swanepoel. And Blandon is someone that I met at the Huchanoz Spearfishing Club. I hope I have said that correctly. He has been diving a few years in Cape Town and is very involved with the local spearfishing scene. He is also managing the Instagram account Cape Town Spearows and on Facebook, Spearfishing in Cape Town. He is a content creator, so he does uh, social media for Noob Sparrow and Old Man Blue. And he is thinking of starting a podcast of Spearfishing in Cape Town soon. So fantastic guy to talk to and uh, welcome, Brandon. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Honored to be here. Great. Well, excellent. So look, I think the, the first question is, how did you find out about spearfishing? What attracted you to this? And um, when did you start? I started in November of 2020, more or less. Um, it's when I got my first wetsuit. But what 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 attracted me to it was really just I became a frustrated fisherman. <laughs> I spent too much time on the rocks, losing hooks and tackle, and just not knowing what on earth I'm doing and not having any way of getting better. One day I went down to Bantry Bay. The water was crystal clear, that nice blue, like lovely Cape Town water, and saw some spearfish on, on the rocks, and they had fish. <laughs> so I wanted to get a piece of that. And then I started watching, just getting into YouTube, and I found Daniel Mann and Adam Stern. And yeah, pretty much since then, I just, yeah, I, I think Daniel Mann's videos, coupled with uh, being frustrated with fishing, um, and always being, I've always loved the ocean. So, yeah, it sort of just seems to have worked out really well. Okay, okay, great. So so it's about two years, roughly-ish, that you've been diving in Cape Town? Roughly two years, yeah, more or less. Okay, okay. And um, so approximately how frequently would you say you dive? Not as often as I would like. <laughs> but um, it goes through stages. There will be some stages where sort of I'll go – sort of two, three months with nothing, and then others when sort of within a month I'll do sort of three, four, five dives. So, yeah, it varies, but, yeah, I try and get out at least once or twice a month. Okay. And um, would you do you think that's changed as you've, you, you know, over the time that you've di- been diving? Has Have you been diving more or less at different times over this period? I think, I think more. Um I think it's come with a bit of experience and sort of getting over the hurdle of, okay, I, where do I go? What do I do? How do I get there? Um, do I feel safe just climbing off the rocks and getting in the water? So I think I think I dive more often now, um, but yeah, with more experience and more just more confidence. As in, I'm not going there just hitting and hoping. I'm going in with a reasonable idea of what I'm doing and. Yeah, able to enjoy, able to enjoy it. You fit, you can enjoy sport. You're confident with diving, you can enjoy it more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Look, I absolutely agree with you on that. I I just ask that because I know, uh, certainly when I was starting, I would go and 
absolutely every opportunity. And then you, as you get older, you you sort of realize that's ah, not going to be good on this day. So you pick your days. Um, okay, so in, in terms of uh, the locations that you've been diving, so you are based here in Cape Town. So for people who don't know exactly where that is, it is on the southern tip of Africa, the very bottom of Africa. And Cape Town is, there's a long peninsula jutting out um, from the southern tip. Cape Town is on that peninsula. So you have two oceans. Um, you have the at Atlantic on the west coast. And on the east side, you have False Bay and the Indian Ocean. So that's where we are now. Um, can you maybe share where you've dived? Yeah, so I started well, my, my very first time in Cape Town's waters were in the rock pools um, around around Seapoint, Bantry Bay. So listen, just board shorts, just climbing in, in the freezing water. So from there, um, obviously seeing spear fishermen at Bantry Bay for the first time, that's a place that I always wanted to check off my list, which I have. But pretty much uh, mainly along the, 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 the Atlantic, that's my favorite diving. Um, not, the, not as good fish out there, but yeah, I prefer the conditions and the, the terrain of the Atlantic. So a lot of the Atlantic from Bully Point down to um, down to Cozy Beach, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then along False Bay. I haven't been that far north in False Bay, but I've been from, I think, Fishhook further south down to Smithswinkel, which is always nice. And then I've also been lucky enough to be out on a boat um, out your side towards Royals. So, yeah, so pretty much all around. And then I've been up the West Coast diving once or twice, which has also been quite nice. Okay, okay. So uh, I guess for um, for listeners who aren't familiar with Cape Town, all the, the spots Brandon's described, most of them are on the west side of the peninsula. So that's the Atlantic side. Um, and then False Bay is on the east side. So towards the, the point, there's uh, there's a lot of nature reserves there. And it's, it's very beautiful. Big mountains falling into the ocean. Um, I think the west side, there's a lot of granite uh, boulders. It's sort of that mm. sort of terrain. Um, yeah, okay, that's the, so, the large boulders, which I really like. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's quite stunning. And there's there's also a lot of kelp. So um, I'm guessing you're diving in, in the bull kelp. Yeah, it's it's all, it's all, it's mostly shore diving and it's mostly in the kelp forest, the thick kelp forest. That's where I, I, enjoy, I enjoy the blue water and being out in the, in the deeper sea, but I, I feel more comfortable in the kelp. And yeah, I'm, yeah, I enjoy the kelp a bit more. Okay. Look, I, I guess we should also point out that Cape Town is the place where National Geographic films the great white sharks jumping and eating seals in, in, <laughs> uh, in around Seal Island, in uh, which is it, it's quite incredible. It's a, it's probably four or five kilometers off Musenberg Beach, which is a popular um, swimming and surfing beach. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> with, just because of uh, because of the great white factor, I also feel a lot more comfortable in the kelp. Um, especially, you know, the, the water here, I guess, just for all the listeners, it is generally a little bit dirtier, sometimes cleaner on the Atlantic. Um, but if you get, I don't know, what, what would you say is good visibility here? <laughs> well, I'd say if you, if you get a solid, anything more than five meters is good, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna get lucky with, with more than 10 in m most days, especially around the shore. <laughs> Yeah, well, ex exactly. So because of that, it's uh, I think we all feel a lot more safe inside kelp where um, where the big sharks can't actually get you. Um, so, OK, 
So look, let's let's um. So next next question I had was um. What have you? What have? What was the biggest challenge for you in getting started with spearfishing? Biggest challenge getting started, I think, was actually starting. Not necessarily the the actual skills of learning to dive, learning to hold my breath, etc. It was more the case of okay, I've got this desire and I've got this motivation to start. Now what? Um, I didn't know who to go to, where to go to, to talk to. I think I ended up messaging like 20 random people, like random pages on Facebook, underwater clubs here and there. And yeah, some somehow or, somehow or other, I ended up finding out about the Blue Spiros and then through them, found out they had pool sessions and then, yeah, went to the pool sessions and then um, got friends and got better friends, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, I think more than the actual skills themselves, it's the the actual practical, okay, I want to start spearfishing in Cape Town. How do I do it? Um, yeah, and that's sort of what I find myself being more geared towards with the content I make is if I'm if I was in my shoes two years ago when I started, what would I want to see? So I think I think yeah, yeah the actual getting started um, because you don't, it's not something you'd really want to jump into alone, especially like learning. Um, yes. So yeah, finding finding a community to join to do this with that was the that was I think the biggest challenge starting. Okay, so so basically finding the people to to help you learn what you needed to learn and and to share share the time with. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Okay, and so just for for the the listeners, um, when you said pool sessions, um, I, I take that to mean training sessions at one of the swimming pools. So yes. a lot a lot of divers yeah. will will um or a lot of dive clubs or there'll be informal groups in in most major cities around the world where where there's a number of spear fishermen and they'll meet at a swimming pool and and train. Um, and just look, just a a word of um, I guess just a pointer for for listeners on that. Please don't try to train breath hold by yourself at a swimming pool. Mm. I've heard some very sad yeah. stories of people actually blacking out and you know there's no one knows what they're doing and then they dead. So it's great to do it with other people, and um, yeah, as as you've said, you get to meet new people, which is fantastic. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, it's almost like a second part of joining the club. I know that um, the idea of pool training doesn't really appeal to a lot of spiros, or it doesn't necessarily appeal to a lot of the guys around. But it really has made a world of difference. You get the the practical side where you learn the physical skills of breath hold, staying calm, duck dive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But like I said, you also, you get thrust into the community and you, I mean, yeah, like like you said, you never do pool training or breath hold training in the water alone. The reason we do the, the pool training together is because we are all together and we can push ourselves that much harder and that much further because we've got guys to your left and to your right that are always looking out for you. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's an all round. If you want to, if you want to get better at spearfishing, join a club and join the pool sessions. I, yeah, look, I've, I think that's excellent advice, actually. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember when I was starting, you know, I started up in Zimbabwe in the middle of nowhere and there was no clubs. Mm. There was uh, it was just me and my dad going and, you know, occasionally one of the neighbors or a friend would come along. And, um, it, yeah, it's it's not nearly as enjoyable as when you have a club and you could share stories and tips. And um, uh, look, I, I guess let's just quickly touch on on some of the etiquette of the clubs. Um, so I know I know we didn't plan to talk on this, but I, I think it's an interesting topic. I've noticed many new divers going to clubs, say, in 
where I was in Australia, and they would ask for spear fishing spots, the exact spot. Mm. Um, how how have you noticed that sort of thing here in the clubs? Yes, I have, but I think I think it's a bit different here, especially with Australia being just physically so much bigger with more coastline. I think for the most part, a lot of the shore diving here is quite well known, and there's not a lot of spots that sort of are, is unknown because I mean we don't have that much coastline relatively, and a lot of the popular spots are popular because a lot of people use them. So. I don't think it's as much of a an issue with so-called spot burning here. Um, I mean, I'm quite happy to give out give out some of my spots, but then again, as you head out on a boat, we guys have spent a bit of time searching for their marks and searching for the pinnacles. Um, I think that's a bit more of a contentious issue. <laughs> but yes. um, but I mean, a lot of the guys here are are very are very friendly and welcoming. If you yeah, if you 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 play your part and do it right, I highly doubt you'll go very long without knowing where the spots are yeah look that yeah i completely agree with that um it it does seem like spot sharing is not such a an issue here people don't seem to feel that you're stealing their spot if you, if they see you getting in at the same spot because there's there's only a limited number of of places to get in and, and shore dive um so it's, it's quite yeah, it's with, just with, interesting yeah for sure and with that it, it goes hand in hand with um, finding finding the spots that are hard to reach and that are just yeah you know, finding the places that you can't easily get to. Generally, if you can't easily get there, other people can't easily get there, which means that it should have less less traffic. So that can be a good thing with having so many popular spots. Is just simply go find the spots that people don't talk about or people that don't know about. Yeah, you'll be you'll be surprised at what you find just over there. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, let's talk about. Um, so we spoke about what you found the biggest challenge when you were starting on uh, with your spear fishing, and what would you say is the biggest challenge you are having now? Biggest challenge now, I think, is just getting out to dive often enough. <laughs> um, well, but yeah, I think that diving itself that I'm I'm relatively comfortable with my with my progress, and you can't you can't really rush the progress with that. So. I'm enjoying that process. I think the thing I'm struggling with at the moment is the what to do with the fish, how to how to cook and prepare and to get the best eating out of the fish. Um, the spear fishing, obviously, you are you are shooting and taking the fish, um, every fish that you take. So, learning to improve on the back end of that, where you can learn where you you can treat the fish as best as you can and get the, simply the best eating experience out of it. I think that's where I'm focusing my energy at the moment. I've started experimenting with dry aging, which has been very nice um, with the help and inspiration of 99 Spiro recipes. <laughs> and yeah, just I think just just looking for more more eating out of the ocean. And that's what I'm focusing my energy on now. Oh, fantastic. And look, it definitely sounds like an interesting thing doing the, the dry aging. I've, I've never actually tried that. I've done the smoking. I've done cold smoking, pickling. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it seemed to me that the different species were better for different things. Like, just an example, I know we were discussing this on the WhatsApp group. The um, there's a there's a WhatsApp group for um Cape Town divers, and we were discussing octopus recipes. And in my experience, mm. the Greek way where they grill them and then pickle them that was really nice. It sort of tenderized it a bit. But yeah, the dry aging, I've never tried that. It's, 
I mean, do you want to quickly give an overview? Yeah, for sure. I'm still relatively new at it, but it, it definitely has made a difference. And it's basically, it's the same idea as when you, you dry age or mature black beef, for example. You are hanging it in the fridge. You're drying it off, hanging it in the fridge and letting it simply stay cold and get dry. I don't know all the all the processes specifically, but it gets down to it's the, the meat starts breaking down and the, the natural processes of the fish start taking over. And it's, as long as you keep it cold and you keep it dry, the, the meat starts maturing and aging almost. And it yeah, becomes super easy to work with. The skin uh, gets super crispy and oh, it's yeah, absolutely delicious. Definitely worth a try. Okay, so so it's basic. You're basically hanging the fish or the pieces of fish in the fridge, so that the the, the liquid can basically they can yeah. dehydrate and and dry out. Yeah, the golden rule is just to keep it cold and to keep it dry. Um, right. Do that for a few days, and you'll you'll see the difference in the fish. Okay. And and are you do you then cook it or is this a you you having it raw or how how you cook it after that? I like to I like to cook the fish, um, throwing it on the in the pan or even in the oven or air fryer and even on the bry works really well. This method seems to really be conducive to like getting nice like 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 charred like nice looking meat. Um, so yeah, any, any any you can do it with anything. I haven't tried it with with raw fish yet, but Okay. Yeah, with cooking, it definitely works well. Okay, okay. Well, look, interesting. Yeah, interesting topic, and and I'm sure we can. Uh, it would be a good thing on the podcast to do an entire um, episode on preparing one's catch and the different techniques and methods. Um, so, mm. okay, let's just talk the entire journey that you've been on now. The getting into spear fishing, learning it, the challenges at that point, getting into the community, and now getting out and and you know the current the current challenge of of um, you know, preparing the catch. I mean, if you had some sort of higher learning from this entire process, what would you say you've learned from your journey? I think just an appreciation for the natural world or more of an appreciation for the natural world. People live in Cape Town their entire lives and they go to the beach and they stand on the sand. Maybe they'll go a few dozen meters into the water, into the waves. Um, but that's it. There's very, very few people overall that have gone into the water and seen what Cape Town looks like from under the water. And I think it's a world that we as divers have privileged access to. And it's a, it's, a, yeah, it's a special place that we get to share with our friends and mates that most people will never see. And I think overall, it's just, yeah, it's just taught me a greater appreciation of the natural world. You can so easily get into the, the work mindset of, oh, I'm just working and then the weeks pass by and then everything just becomes boring and mundane. And then you get into the water and you go down to the bottom and you see the kelp and the crayfish and crabs, et cetera, et cetera. And you just realize that you just get reminded that there's so much more than just your, your life. Um, yeah. It's just, it's a special place that, that, that we get to share. Yeah. I, yeah. Look, completely agree with that. For me, I, I mean, I, I personally find it's almost like therapy. It's uh, just clears oh, yeah. my head. It's like a meditation. It's uh, it's sort of not just a physical activity. It's almost I don't know. It's, it, there's another element to that that sort of makes you feel whole Definitely. as a human being. So it's uh, it's a wonderful, wonderful sport. I think we're all very blessed to to have it in our lives. Um, oh yeah, definitely. Okay, well, look, this I think let's uh, let's leave it there. I mean, this has been a fantastic 
conversation. I hope everyone listening gets something out of this, hearing someone else's journey from starting through, through the, I guess, the first two years. And I'm sure you have many, many more years of fantastic spearfishing ahead of you. And um, yeah, thank you for coming on the podcast. And I, I look forward to catching up again and hopefully getting out for the dive together. Oh, thanks so much, man. Yeah, it was good meeting you the other night. And yeah, hopefully we can get out diving. And you with your kayak is very much motivating me to part with more of my money to go get a kayak for myself. <laughs> uh, kayaks are the way. I, I think, yeah, I'll do another episode on kayaks, boats, and shore diving. That's that's a good topic. Oh, there we go. Sweet. Thanks so much for having me. Um, yeah, I want to encourage everyone, go follow Cape Town Spearers on Instagram. We are spearfishing in Cape Town on Facebook. If you're new, looking to start, get into a community or get more spearfishing in your life, come give us a follow, send us a message. Got a, a YouTube channel coming up, Cape Town Spearers, which we're going to have lots of tutorials and stuff like this on there. And yeah, in the next few months, we'll have a podcast up as well. So yeah, lots of exciting stuff. Follow us, Cape Town Spearers. Anyway, let's yeah, let's say cheers to our, to our listeners now. And thank you all very much for, uh, for tuning in. Okay, take care. Yeah. Bye.